haircuts we all need them sometimes they can be a bit of a chore sometimes it feels like you're on a bit of a conveyor belt and the person at the end of the haircut puts that mirror up and you kind of look at them like oh god but we go along with it because we're british right we all know what that's like so dom at Babylon Barbers, you'll feel right at home with a relaxed vibe and a professional experience all round. With both veteran and SENS discount, Dom has time for absolutely everyone, as everyone deserves that fresh haircut feeling. Supporting the local community is a huge part of the job, so go see Dom and get more than just a haircut. I use Dom myself, I couldn't be happy with the results. He'll trim your beard, he'll trim your eyebrows, all that stuff. Right, back to the show. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Absolute Bedlam Podcast. First things first, I just need to do some admin and then we'll get straight to Matt, who's here. Um, so I've got a couple of sponsorship things just to reel off. So one of my friends, Fuzzy, uh, Chris Coombs, is on the prowl for some more musical students. Um, so if you're from Weymouth and Dorchester and all that sort of stuff, then hit him up. His mobile number is 07940 and he has given me permission to read that on a podcast that will probably be ingested by a lot of people on the internet. So sorry, mate, if you get those spam, that's my bad. Um, but yeah, Fuzzy is a registered teacher for a rock school, uh, Trinity College and Royal Associated Board of Music and has taught in many schools and in Dorset and worked with many big stars during the last 30 years of his life. He teaches all sorts of styles of music from classical to rock, grade one to grade eight UK standard. Chris aka Fuzzy provides everything you need for your journey to become a professional musician specialising in guitar and vocal coaching. So hit him up if you are interested in that. It would be a good Christmas gift if people are interested. Second thing second, my episode with Ben Bulks has fucking exploded. It's been up for 24 hours and it's hit 100 views already. And for me, as someone that has 78 subscribers, that is fucking crazy. So thank you all very much for that. Long may that continue. So uh, anyway, Matt, Angry Bootneck, how are you? You all right? We'll smash Ben Bulks easy, surely. Surely we'll. I'm great. It's raining for a change out here, which is actually nice. When you're living somewhere that's warm, uh, you're, you're actually pleased with you when you get a rainstorm. So it's good, yeah. yeah. I'm all right. Good, good. Awesome. So I've got some questions about school. Then I'm going to go into how I came across your YouTube channel, and then we'll get a bit political. So very rare. Like, it's very rare a bootnet gets um gets yeah, yeah. challenged on his schooling. We're not, we're not yeah, renowned yeah. for being the intellectual pioneers, but <laughs> I'm ready for I like action. To, I like to start at the beginning. Yeah. So how was school for you? And did you start school in the UK? Yeah. Uh well, I'm 43 now. Um, and I've only lived in the United States on and off. I, I, I spent a year back in the UK last year, but on and off, I've been in the United States since. 2000 and what was it 2018 I think I haven't been here that long I'm not a full-blown Yankee Doodle you can probably tell by the accent and the, the lack of a cowboy hat but um yeah so I was born and raised in the UK did all my whole life over there really all my formative years didn't move I was in Middlesbrough from the age of zero to you know 19 when I when I went joined the military 
um, like most young lads growing up in Middlesbrough, you could probably see go out quite quickly because it's Middlesbrough. Um, so yeah, I was born and raised there. Certainly didn't come over here, saved by the bell. No, unfortunately not. Yeah, fair enough. Can you remember the naughtiest thing that you did at school? I got suspended. I only got suspended once for fighting, so it'd have to be that, wouldn't it? We did little things, mischievous things. Yeah. But um, I only got suspended once. It was for chinning a chinning a lad. He was he was having a go at my brother, um, calling him. He was calling him gay. So yeah. so, yeah. I, so I stuck so I stuck one on him, and uh, well, yeah. more than one, and that was that. He begged for mercy. <laughs> And then I uh, walked into school the next day straight to the headmaster's office and got suspended for a week. So sadly, I haven't got anything particularly imaginative. I didn't set the Sorry. science labs on fire or um, you yeah. know, blow anything up. But I did chin someone and got suspended for it. So yeah, there is that. I think I've got one school story. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm like 160 episodes deep now. So fuck knows what I've said in the past. Probably <laughs> get cancelled after this. You know what it's like. Um so I think we were all confined to our classroom one afternoon because it was raining and a rubber war broke out. So for those people that <laughs> aren't war. from the UK, a rubber is an eraser, basically. And everyone in the class had these rubbers. And we all just started launching them at each other and it turned into warfare quite quickly. And yeah, you don't I... want anyone thinking you were throwing used Johnnies at each other, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was college. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was just complete fucking carnage. And our teacher walked in the moment I decided to pluck up the courage to throw a rubber, because I'm very, very sensible. And it hit us straight in the side of the face. <laughs> and, like, I got a detention for it. And I felt like the biggest piece of shit on the planet. Like, some of my friends basically lived in detention. And I got one detention in my entire school years. And I'll never forget that. It was just such an unfortunate moment to hit the teacher with it. You were a good kid then. I got loads of detentions. I just went went for the worst thing I could think of, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a suspension. Detentions, though, they give them out ten a penny. You must have been a good kid if that was the only yeah, one you yeah. ever got. I really... I, I'm very sensible even now. I'm very uh, straight and up and fly right, true north kind of guy. Uh, yeah. That's a good thing. In my old age, I realised that's a good thing. When I was young, Growing up yeah. in a town like the Borough, you always wanted to be seen like a bit of a tough guy, which is obviously mm. why I instantly chinned that lad. But mm. um, in hindsight, it, it is ludicrous. I think a lot of it when you're a young man's testosterone, isn't it? I was obsessed yeah. with sort of being popular and cool. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah. I'm not naturally. Uh, and mm. I'm sure as we get to talk, you realise a lot of people think by my channel that I'm quite an intimidating and aggressive person, but I'm not really. I'm a, I'm genuinely, I'm a people person. I like people. Yeah. I don't enjoy chinning people, but at the time, you, you're very interested in your sort of ego, aren't you, when you're a young lad? Yeah, I know So, yeah, I wish I had more of your personality traits than mine. You're still trying to figure yourself out, aren't you? And you're still trying to put that energy that you say, that pent-up rage. You're trying to channel it, but you don't know where to channel it, and you end up shoplifting, hot-wiring a car, you know, well, you know whatever's what? going we can segue straight away to something because um, yeah, that reminds me of a story that was just all over the news out here. Do you remember, yeah. I, I made a video about it. I'm assuming you won't know what I'm on about because it's an America-centric thing. Okay. But there's this kid called Mitchell Miller uh, and he was going to be a pro ice hockey player. And it turned out that when he was a child, 
like literally I looked into it, he was 13 years old. He picked on this like autistic black kid in his class and this hit the news and Mitchell Miller had his entire career wiped out. Like he got picked as the top draft and they said, oh yeah, turns out he's a racist, bigoted, so, you know, disabled, phobic, violent psychopath. And they just ruined his life. Uh, it was all over the news. He was like headline news for a week. He lost all his contracts and they just totally canned him. And I made wow. a video about it saying he was 13 years old. Let's get a grip. And it just got me. I think it's the only video I've ever made where I got like over a thousand dislikes. It was just thousands of people jumping in saying, no, 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 he's, he's firming. He deserves it all. And I just thought of, I just thought to myself, you guys are proving me right. So thank you. Because yeah. people like me that consider myself to be a left-leaning centrist in many, many ways, you're always telling them that the reason you've been pushed into the arms of the right and the mm. conservative-minded people is because they've started being irrational in the last few years. And mm. to see grown men destroying the life of a young lad because he bullied someone when he was 13 years old, I think yeah. perfectly illustrates what we're talking about because what you said there is exactly right. You're a child. <laughs> you know, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and if we're all, if, if all going to be zealots about kids. I think everybody needs to look in the mirror and accept the fact that nobody knows what to do when that, that yeah, age. Yeah. It's absurd to be judgmental with kids. Well, and Yeah, that. we learn from fucking up, don't we? We learn from making mistakes. Of course we do. I think, I think that's another reason why in my old age I've turned into a bit of a hippie as well with regards to the military stuff. Because yeah. now I'm a lot less gung-ho than I was, you know, as a young man. I was proud. When you earn your Green Beret, you want to use your, your, your talents. Yeah. Sounds absurd, but, you know, I was yeah, a teenager. Yeah. I read about the Luxor tourist massacre and a lot of these jihadis, and it made me angry. And you want to go and fight those people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you realise as you get older that, A, the people that run the military machine lie to you, and B, just because we have a volunteer military doesn't shouldn't give the politicians carte blanche to just throw them into the meat grinder. Yeah. And I think that's a reason why I agree with national service for a couple of years, because I firmly believe that the reason like people like Joe Biden and David Cameron and Tony Blair and everybody else are happy to throw these kids into the meat grinder is because of the thing, because they're volunteered, they have, they can just do it. And again, just because you're 18, I think you can join at 17 in England. You just have to yeah. wait you're 18 to deploy and do your training when you're 16 and a half. Um, just because these kids volunteer doesn't mean it mean it's right. Because even when you're 18, you're a bit of an idiot. I look at myself when I was 18 and I think I was an idiot. Like I would yeah. have happily went and charged over the top to try and burn at somebody, but it doesn't mean you should entertain me because kids aren't very clever. Yeah, I uh, agree. That's why I have real yeah. problems with our sort of gung-ho attitude towards war as well, which yeah. I'm sure you'll be amused to learn from a, a commando-trained uh, war veteran, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. We'll get into YouTube in a sec. Just before I forget, I will have to send you an email in a bit with another Zoom link because these are restricted to 40 minutes. And oh, right. I am not yeah. paying Zoom money because no. Um, so, yeah, just a heads up. In case they don't need the money, do they? They don't need the money. They're doing all right. They're doing all right. So, YouTube, what was your inspiration and what was your thinking when you pressed upload on your first ever YouTube video, which I think if I'm right in front of me, 
was called Why the NRA Can't Be Abolished. Ah, right. So you know more about my channel than me because, you know, that involves research and I'm very much a shooting from the hip type of guy. Uh, I'm an ENTP personality type. I just like to do things uh, without thinking about them too much. Um, So I wouldn't, I didn't even know what my first video was or how long ago it was. I think it was about three years ago. Three years ago. I'm not certain. Um, I, I, to be honest, I wanted to do it for years, probably a decade before I started doing because I'm a natural talker and I've always enjoyed being the center of attention. But I always, I just like talking and I like being surrounded by people. It's when I'm at me, you know, yeah. extroverts are like that. I'm not an introvert. I like to speak. Yeah. I like being in front of the camera. I like nattering away in the pub. Um, so I would have, I would have started years earlier, but being a bootneck, I'm not the most technologically advanced person. You probably gathered that from the fact that my sound's probably a bit shocking. I'm not an audio engineer. Um, so I, I thought about doing it for years. Um, I've been well into YouTube since the early days. You know, I used to watch endless video. I think I quickly realized in about 2007 or 2008, maybe, that it was way better than watching TV. You could just go on there. And I started watching guys. Who was the ones I first started watching? Pothauler. Have you ever heard of Pothauler? No. It's like a dude who makes science videos. Thunderfoot. I used to watch him back in the day. Oh, and I now... I stopped subscribing to him years ago. He started doing my editing. I think with Brexit, that whole thing, he started doing my editing. But he was one of the early ones I liked. Sargon, I've followed since right in the early days when he was in the hundreds of thousands, maybe tens. Um, Yeah, so I've always liked it. It, YouTube is fantastic. Other than the shenanigans, um, the the disgraceful behaviour of the people that own it as the political ideologues, um, hamstringing people like our mutual friend Dave there, uh, Blue Van Man, it is shocking what they do with creators on YouTube. But that aside, it is a fantastic platform. I'm a massive fan of it. Like, I watch it all the time. I never, I, I literally do not watch television. If yeah. I, I'm, I'm into Warhammer, I watch Warhammer videos. I'm into computers and PC building. I watch PC parts videos. I watch, like, travel stuff, fishing, and, like, canal boats yeah. and barges, anything. Yeah. And it really did empower normal people. Uh, and also, because they've made money doing it, they actually put staggering amounts of effort in. Some yeah. of the stuff you watch on YouTube is mint, just made by individuals. So I'm a massive fan of the platform. I always wanted to do it. And I think it was just a lack of technical ability that um, stopped me. Yeah. Um, so I started when I got really, really, really angry about how stupid politics got in the post yeah. middle of the Trump era. And I, yeah. and I do still think, that that is what pushed me really because I was always getting annoyed about the way things were, but it was only when the the orange <laughs> the orange god emperor took over, and we do call it that humorously because I don't particularly like Donald Trump, yeah. but it, yeah. it was when everybody collectively lost their minds yeah. as a result of him that I just thought the world started going mad, and and, it, and I did time it quite well, didn't I? Because to me, it really does seem like it's a new thing. It's only the sort of last mm. four or five years. When mm. this walk stuff's gone completely Absolutely. off the charts. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what pushed me. I just lost my rag. So then I sat down, YouTube some uh, editing videos, learned how to use like DaVinci and what was a decent mic. Spent about two hours reading and $300 on gear, and here I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I'm going off the fact that you're not a fan of Donald Trump. Were you involved in storming the Capitol building at all? 
<laughs> no, if I was <laughs> if I was a fan of Donald Trump, I'd have stormed the Capitol building because they were all yeah. his boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I wasn't involved in any way, and I do still say I can't believe they were daft enough to do it. Um, at this point, I am a reluctant Republican voter in the United States, um, but of course that was lunacy. I mean, you're just giving them the ammunition. There is a lot of conspiracy theories which may prove valid because in this day and age, there's something else I've evolved on. Three years ago, I used to just mock conspiracy theories endlessly. And yeah. in this day and age, because the world's gone mad, I'm always ringing my conspiracy theorist mates up and going, yep, you were right. You were yeah. right, lads. So again, maybe yeah. there was some truth to that. A lot of them say that there was a lot of rabble-rousers there who were Democrats or, so even in some cases, possibly government agencies, i.e. CIA or police officers, who were sort of egging the crowd on to make it yeah, descend into what so it did. Much. I've heard that and so it, much in riots, yeah. It's plausible. Mm. Um, after what we know, it's what's gone on the last couple of years, it's plausible. And again, four or five years ago, if you told me agencies of the state were working to, to rile up the crowd to make that descend into the riot that it did, I'd have laughed at you and said it's ridiculous. But now, yeah, yeah. knowing what we know about how nakedly partisan the, the state's mechanisms are, and same in the UK, Maybe that's what really brought it home. Because I always used to think conspiracy theories was like, oh, the moon landings didn't happen. You know, Elvis yeah, yeah. is still alive. It isn't. It's Some of them are just obvious now. Yeah. Um, certainly in the UK. So I will withhold judgment on that. I don't think any part of it was a good idea. And I'm opposed to it strongly because it's made the Democrats have a good argument when really yeah. they haven't got any. But um, no, I wasn't involved. Did you hear about the last stand of Trump where he ended up accidentally doing a speech outside a hardware store? I didn't. You know more about that, that one than me, Ben. So he was meant to do a speech, like a ex exit interview at some sort of political building. I can't remember the name of the building, but right. basically some guy who was probably running Donald Trump's schedule for him put into what I assume... I assume is either Waze or Google Maps, he put the name of the building, and there was two results. And about 400 people showed up to this DIY store out the front of the building, and Donald <laughs> Trump was there giving his like exit speech. And it just seemed like a very fitting way to end a clearly crazy couple of terms. And uh, yeah, it just it all kind of just fell apart for him. And they only had one term, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, was it four years a term? Yeah, only yeah. had one term, but it was um, yeah, it was a strange time. I think that this is my point with Trump, right? Um, because I'm I'm a man of logic, and I think this is why I get so angry. I I really try not to be emotional. I'm not an emotional person. Yeah, uh, and I try to always see things with the black and white, you know, with with the blinkers on. Um, without because when you're emotional, you don't make logical decisions, and they try to teach you that when you're a professional soldier. Do you know what I mean? You don't, yeah, if you're emotional, you'll do stupid, unprofessional things like beat up a prisoner of war or something. You've got to always turn your, your, your venom on and off like, like a tap. Um, and I was always professional in the military, you know, when I was in Iraq, we had to handle prisoners of war, doesn't bother me. Got some guy who's just hosed a British patrol. We drag him in. I will happily ignore the blow, give him a bottle of water, tag him and bag him and send him on his way. I have no interest. 
in, yeah. in behaving like like an idiot because I'm emotional. And we seem to be living in this time where everybody's just ruled by the passions. Yeah. And what happened with Trump is illogical because if you look at his behavior as president, he was brash and he was arrogant and he was dislikable in a way. But you have to ignore all of the fluff with politicians because that is the that's what they're all about. Someone yeah. like David Cameron, very polished, very smooth. He had charisma, he was likable, but he was a yeah. snake. So you've got to get away from judging people by what they say and just watch what they do. Yeah. And Donald yeah. Trump, for all of his faults, was something of a savant in many ways. It was foreign policy. The bloke was a genius. Yeah, they, they were all laughing at him, saying he's going to cause World War Three. That was the most peaceful time the United yeah. States has had in like two decades. He somehow yeah. taught that little fat, little fat North Korean with a boof on on side. He was like, "I've got a bigger button than you, fatty. Press it and see what happens." So he yeah. did well with the Koreans. He did well with the Chinese. He did the bare minimum in Syria when they were coaxing him to bomb them into oblivion. Yeah. The bloke, if you just look at what he did in the four years he was in, he didn't do a terrible job. Yeah. So so for this level of vitriol, just because he's personally dislikable, it's it's illogical. It's yeah, as illogical yeah. as liking a, an oily, smooth, charismatic politician who you find out is a worm. And, and that's almost all. So I don't judge him by what he looks like or what he sounds like. I just look at what happens when these people are in charge. And that's what I mean. I don't like Trump as a person. He's self-serving, like all rich billionaire businessmen are. But does did his policies harm the United States and make my life more shite? Which is ultimately all that matters when you're a, a citizen. And it didn't. And all the stuff Biden done seems to me to have been an act of self-harm to appease the loony walk ones. Things like encouraging illegal immigration, which he did live on television during the debate, he said, anyone who wants to come here should come here. They promptly did it. He stopped the Keystone pipeline. He stopped, he stopped fracking. He stopped going for uh, more oil pipelines. The amount of things he did that were in his first week that yeah. were just naked acts of self-harm staggers me. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm now a hold-me-nose Republican, because I don't care what they say or what they sound like. I just care, are these policies going to make my life worse? And yeah. Donald did a better job than Uncle Joe. The thing that bothers me about Joe Biden is that he can't even construct a sentence. <laughs> no, and, and Trump's not the best at it. But I mean, there's a pecking order and Biden's worse. The bloke really can barely speak. He's nearly 80. That is an incredibly high stress job for someone at that age. It's a damning indictment of American politics because if you look across the board, it's the same with all of them. Pelosi, ancient, looks like Mumra the ever living with a wig on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got her, you've got Trump, uh, Biden, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Gray, everybody at the top of politics in America is ancient, at least yeah. in Europe. You know, you look at all the British prime ministers, look at the age on them. You've had like Clegg, Cameron, Boris, May, Blair. Gordon Brown, none of them were ancient. Yeah. We even had Ed Miliband, he was a kid, one he was about 40. Mm. It's like, it's yeah, sort yeah, of depressing yeah. to me that, because I think ultimately the United States is, is probably slightly better ran than the United Kingdom with regards yeah. to democracy, because in the United States, a, a US ballot, I bet you don't know this, but a US ballot is massive. 
it's not like a UK one, you know, where you get one sheet of paper and you just yeah, yeah, pick yeah. your party. Because they have more of a involvement in democracy whereby they'll, they'll put numerous big issue policies on the ballot and then you have to spend a couple of hours doing your reading and mark them off. You know, it took me two hours to fill my ballot in because it was Prop 26, Prop 27, Prop 28. You've actually got to tell them. Whereas in the UK, we have that representative democracy, which the UK is not a democracy, not even close to one. Because the UK, look at the immigration thing in the UK. Well, whether yeah. or not you're left wing and you think it's fine or you're right wing, you think it's bad. Ultimately, the, the will of the British people has been made very, very crystal clear. For 20 years, it's yeah. dominated the issue. And every single government and every party said, we will sort it out. Labour said they were going to bring the numbers down. The Tories promised on every manifesto to bring the numbers down. And we had a million people enter last year. The biggest ever. So the UK is a shambles. The UK, yeah. it doesn't matter what you vote for, what you tell them you want, even the referendum. Look at the Brexit referendum. yeah. They didn't want to do it. it. It took five more votes to get the referendum done. I mean, yeah. you remember that, right? They were like, yeah, we're not yeah, doing yeah. that. I remember then that, the, yeah. We, we had to tell them again and again and again. And then the only thing that put the nail in was they lost, they lost, they lost. And then Farage made unprecedented, made his Brexit party and then smashed the European elections. And that was the day Guy Verhoeft tweeted, okay, the UK will leave the European Union. It was like, we'd already told you four times, fat man. We'd already told you. Why did why did Nigel Farage have to make a brand new party? Lunacy. I kind of love that he then quit. <laughs> yes. He kind of, he's like Thanos from Endgame. He did exactly <laughs> what he said he was going to do, and yeah. then he retired. And he still <laughs> pops up like a fucking Muppet puppet sort of thing now and then and says this is a bad idea like tony blair who seems to just yeah. like how the fuck is that guy not in prison <laughs> this is what i mean though i feel as if i feel as if the working classes should be all united in the united kingdom i'm surprised yeah, yeah. as fractious as it is because surely we can all agree on the big issues like i, I don't i don't understand it I, I really don't understand it someone like uh like brexit is a good example I think most people, regardless of whether they voted Brexit or Remain, are like me in that you think the outcome should be respected, right? I didn't vote in the Brexit referendum. I tell, I'm sick of telling people this because they always assume I did because I'm so passionate about the issue. I only became passionate about the issue out of principle. I purposely didn't vote in the Brexit referendum because I was an expat at the time. I'd been here for a bit. And even though I was re I could, I was like, you know what? They've both made arguments either way. I don't care. So I didn't even get involved. I only got involved and took it personally when it became clear a year after the referendum that they weren't going to do it. It was like, what you do? Surely, and, and, and I made the point before Farage smashed those European elections. I made the point, if this ever goes to another vote, you're going to get smashed because principled Remainers, any principled person, will now switch the, the votes because you lost fair and square and yeah. the oily, slimy politicians don't want to do as they are told. So I knew that was going to happen. So I just want that on the record. If you think I'm yeah, some yeah. flag-thumping Brexiteer, I didn't vote for the for Brexit. Yeah. And I was happy to see it go either way. Ultimately, I thought it wasn't as big an issue as people seem to think it was. Yeah. I only became Nigel Farage with the hangover and piles 
when the dirty, stinking politicians said, we're not doing it. Because they weren't. <laughs> they just weren't going to do it. They were like, nah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Offended me. Crazy, crazy world. Yeah. So just before we go to a quick break, because I'm sure Zoom's about to kick off and say you've only got 10 minutes left. It hasn't been yet, but it probably will in a sec. There we go. Um, what do you think of the phrase, you'll own nothing and be happy about it? It's something that I keep hearing in the UK a lot. Uh, that's linked to the famous quote by um, Klaus Schwab, isn't it? You'll own nothing and be happy about it. I think so, yeah. It's quite a famous, I'm not sure where it's from, but yeah, it sounds all right. Again, because you're here talking to me, man to man, and I'm not trying to make a comical YouTube video, yeah. I can elucidate it further than what I would normally. Normally, I just yeah, yeah. cut you some colourful curses, but yeah, yeah. let's explore it properly. I, I do understand, in principle, the concept and I'm sure what he means is if we make a system whereby nobody wants for anything and everybody's hot when they want to be hot and cold when they want to be cold and you've got enough food and you've got enough water, you don't need to own all that stuff yeah. in order to be happy. And I do understand that. But as usual, the independently minded part of my brain refuses to accept it because you can tell me as many clever things as you like about how all of this social engineering will make world, the world a better place. But evidence suggests otherwise because every single time they try it, they bugger it up. Because these elites, these people that tinker with everything, they don't really think things through as thoroughly as they need to. And they don't really understand the lives of normal working class people. And I can give you example after example. I mean, the COVID response is a good one, or Australia making bike helmets legally mandated is a good one. Two things that I've heard recently, Peter Hitchens was talking about it, um, because when they say this, both of those issues, they went, we'll do this, everyone will be safer. And really, it's an extremely complex thing because the world is, a, is never in black and white. It's a thousand shades of grey. And when they said, if we lock everybody in, less people will get the virus, therefore more people survive. They yeah. didn't go, um, they'll get less exercise. There's women trapped in relationships. There's kids yeah. who aren't going to be socialising. They didn't go, they might have worse diet if they don't go for a walk more often. They don't ride the bikes. They don't. And there's thousands of things to consider. And now it turns out when you just look at all that data, it wasn't just lock people in and then more people live. It was lock people in and then it turns out shitloads of people get addicted to booze, drugs, beaten to death by their husbands, um, commit suicide, start eating donuts all day, alcoholism, drug addiction. There's massive amounts of things to consider and they never do. Yeah. So if Klaus Schwab could convince me genuinely by pointing at past events and saying, we've got this great plan, no one will want for anything and everyone would be happy, I'd yeah. sign up for it. But sadly, history has proven that they're always wrong. So when you're in a position where you've just got to flip a coin almost because you don't know whether it'll work or not, yeah, you've yeah, just yeah. got to look at the past. And then I choose to always side with, you know what? I don't trust you. So I'll just go with freedom and individualism. Um, so you don't have the right to tell me I'm not allowed to own something. Um, I don't trust you. If they convince me they were competent, then I trust them. But looking at yeah. the last hundred years, you think... These useless twats that constantly fiddle and tinker and fuck everything up every single time. You think I want to trust them with this grand plan? Very nah. Good. Very good. Very concise. I love it. Right. 
Awesome. Thank you for answering that question. We've got six minutes left, roughly. So I'm going to start a new meeting. I'll email you a meeting in a second. And we'll do some quick fire questions. And we've got some fan questions as well. So uh, we'll get oh, into right. them. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, speak to you in a sec. Cheers, mate. See you in a moment. Cheers. Bye. Absolute bedlam. Wild Hair UK. Wild Hair are based in Hampshire and they make amazing beard oil and beard balm care products for all of your masculine needs. So we've got rose, which is patchouli, bergamot and sweet orange flavor. So we've got quite a lot going on here. Really nice, smells really good. And you can tell that this was made by a chef. So chef Ollie Moore has been in the business of catering for 18 years and he's taken his love of the kitchen and he's put it into these products. We've also got Joanna, which is amber, leather, orange and raspberry profile. Smells incredible. Everyone I've sent, you know, samples to and everyone that's experienced this in person has gone bloody hell, that's really nice. It's not just generic stuff from the shops. CPSR certified and it's also known as confidence in a box. So I use this myself, it smells really good. Couldn't be happier with the results. So I've hooked you up. Go to wildhairuk.co.uk and use code BEDLAMUK at checkout for 15% off the products. Absolute Bedlam. Welcome back. All right. I thought Dave had asked a question for you, but I'm actually wrong he is a uh, he's online according to whatsapp but he's uh he's not read my message which is fine because i've got a couple more so it's all good speaking of military and political leaders constantly fucking everything up i've got quite a funny anecdote from george bush this is literally off the top of my dome so it's probably going to be slightly wrong basically there was an oil leak in the Chinese sea when he was in power and he thought to himself no worries I'll phone the Chinese emperor or whatever and I'll get some MiGs sent out so for people that aren't military MiGs are planes um, and they're quite sort of nippy and fightery and he wanted to drop napalm on the oil spill thinking that will mop everything up and that will clean, you know, the ocean will look clear. It fucked everything. And thousands and thousands of animals died as a result of his complete negligence. And I just wanted to get that out because that's been stowing away in me since probably the age of 16 because <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. And there's actually a picture of him in a child's nursery reading a book upside down. Well, that might be when he was uh, got told about 9-11. He was famously reading a book to kids. Um, just for future reference, though, the MiGs are the Russian fighter jets. So they'll have oh, been right, F-16s okay. or F-15s if it was Bush. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, though, but um, Bush certainly was a bit of an idiot, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I've definitely got an open mind to that. So he did yeah, give yeah. us some fantastic quotes, though, didn't he? True. Yeah. Um, the best one I saw was on a fridge magnet in one of my wife's friends' houses because you know they're all Dems out here in California, and it said, right. um, "Our enemies are tireless, and so are we." Um, 
Our enemies are fearless and so are we. And our enemies will never stop coming up with ways to hurt our country and neither will we. <laughs> nice. That's a <laughs> That's fucking, beauty, isn't it? That's a massive <laughs> fridge magnet. Yeah, it was. You was, guys in the US have got these fucking huge fridges. <laughs> big fridges need big magnets. That's it. A lot of, we've got them in big England quotes. though, haven't we? What, when I was a band, you yeah, couldn't yeah, get yeah. good fridges. I remember in the nineties, everyone was like, "Oh, how good are American yeah, fridges?" Yeah. And and only posh people that have them. But now everyone's got an American fridge, haven't yeah, they? Because yeah. they are mint. Everyone's got the ice that you can just get out the door, and it just yeah, yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah, quality. Love it. So, just off the back of my George Bush rant, which will be a clip on YouTube shorts. Um, best world leader that you have experienced in your lifetime that you can remember? Um, well, we're sorely led, aren't we? We have been for decades. Um, it probably sounds cliched for a 40-something Englishman, but I'll have to say Thatcher. Um, the Americans are big fans of Reagan, but he was a bit of an idiot. Um, there's nobody's since Blair, I think, has completely ruined the UK forever. Uh, so he's probably the worst. Uh, Brown was a one-eyed, cycloptic Scottish twat. Um, so I can't pick him. I'm Northern. We have a nice, strong rivalry with our Scottish neighbours. Uh, yeah. What else? No, Cleggy, Cameron, that fat albino jellyfish, as I like to call him. I can't pick Boris. None of them. Thatcher, and Thatcher wasn't all she was cracked up to be. But... but she at least understood the principles of libertarianism because a lot of the conservatives don't like Thatcher because they say she wasn't a real conservative. Mm. Um, Thatcher understood the principles of cutting and saving money. And I yeah. think that's why we've taunt completely. Again, you don't even, I, I'm not saying I loved her. There's still plenty I disagree with Thatcher on. But, but ultimately, you have to be pragmatic with politics. And yeah. in my lifetime, certainly she's the only one that's impressed me. She, she was willing to make hard decisions, and they never are now. They want to be liked by everybody. Yeah. Um, and she cut when we had no money, which seems an alien thing now. I mean, I, I always argue with lefties about nationalising the trains because I quite like trains. There's a British stereotype. I quite like them. They're interesting. A bit of a train spotter. And I like I birds. Yeah. I'm a bit of a nerd, really. Um, so I used to always go to the National Chair Museum when I lived in York. I went three or four times, so I like looking at them. And you read all the banners on the wall in there, and they explain to you just how much debt and how much money the train industry was losing. And we basically sold them because we had to, because right. the alternative was keep getting into debt. Right. And I know that because people are idiots now, they think you can just run your country like Mick Philpott ran his household. <laughs> but you can't you can't just set things on fire and buy special brew when you've got no money. Um, and she was the last one in, in, in my lifetime. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> right, it's against the law. I need to get on yeah. the phone after this. Selfish yeah. bastards. But like, it's ridiculous to me. They, they, they figured it out under Blair that the public was too ill-informed and easily brainwashed, easily manipulated to care about debt. Yeah. Nobody complains. They get to the end of the year and they go, look, we're in another, we've added 10 billion to the debt. And nobody goes, you think we need to pay this off at any point? And it's happened in, in the United States as well. For 30 years, Trump didn't pay any of the debt off. 
they just don't do it. So again, there's a, a negative for Trump when you get conservatives yeah. saying, oh, I'm a fiscal conservative. None of them know the meaning of the word. Trump borrowed, Obama borrowed, mm. Johnson borrowed. None of the last one to actually pay a debt off was Thatcher. Yeah. So she's got to be your answer. Uh, the, the only one yeah. who seems to understand that you've got to pay your bills. If you ran, if if you ran your house like our governments, subs, uh, consecutive governments yeah. run the United Kingdom, you'd be living in a wheelie bin, and your missus would be pulling sailors off for pocket change. So uh, it's easy to answer for me. That's easy. Yeah, yeah, love it. So I heard about Barack Obama raising the debt allowance in America when he was in charge because he did two terms, didn't he? Yeah. And apparently, obviously, if you are listening to this on Spotify, get over to YouTube and I can actually show you what I mean. Apparently the debt went like that. And then the money just instantly hit the debt. So it's like extending your overdraft on your bank account and it just immediately getting absorbed like the second you've extended your overdraft. And I yeah. just thought, what? Like, and there's always this weird, I obviously don't want to go into this too much because we've only got a limited amount of time, but there's always this weird like thing that I see on Facebook, which is this picture of the world and it's the text, who are we in debt to? And a lot of people on my Facebook, especially, I've got a lot of like relatives and stuff on there. I'm not going to call anyone out, but they seem to think <clears throat> that you can just instantly clear the debt of the universe. And obviously that's not how it works because we're something like $141 trillion in debt. Or that might just even be the US. I don't even know. But <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see stuff like that and just go, what the fuck are you on about? You don't have a clue what you're talking about. Um, yeah, the, the UK is, I don't think anyone's $100 trillion in debt. The United yeah. States is about 30 or $35 trillion in debt. And I think the UK is about four trillion or something. It's nowhere, right. it's nowhere any of that. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, ultimately, right? I think the grand plan from these tinkering globalists, well, nobody rid me of these meddlesome globalists, but the grand plan was to get everyone in debt to everyone. And then the thought, there'll never be any more war. Yeah. Which does on its face make some kind of sense because China, saber rattling. We know that they don't want it to kick off. Because everyone owes jet money to China. The Chinese owes, the United States owes China something like $10 trillion and a fucking panda. You know, we, lent, we loaned a panda off for one of the zoos. So, so we don't just owe them, we don't just owe them money, we owe them large animals as well. So, so they know if it kicks off, they're not getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Which does make sense, right? You don't pay your enemy, your enemies back. So I think the grant, the plan was we all just get in shitloads of debt. Nobody left or have to, will ever have to pay it back, and then we'll never have another big war. But the fact is, you can't keep robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And there are concerns now that the Chinese are going to push forward with this grand plan to short the dollar and then make sure the dollar is not no longer the world currency. And then we're all in the Shiite. So yeah. this, it, it, it is ludicrous. The people that talk like that make out as if money doesn't exist. They say, oh, money doesn't exist. It's just pieces of paper. And they, again, the right to some degree. But yeah. when we shifted from the gold standard and everybody started printing money, it did become a thing. Yeah. And it's tied to goods and services. So you can't yeah. just say we're not paying. It's a, it's a, it's a real thing now. And it is. Uh, yeah. 
Of course it is, because if you just start, if you just don't pay, somewhere like Iceland can get away with it, right? Because Iceland famously did it. They didn't pay us all back. And the cloggies and the Brits especially lost a lot of money. Tiny right. little countries can get away with it. Right. But big ones can't. Because then you've destroyed your economy for generations to come. You can't diversify either. Iceland can diversify. Norway have got natural resources. Countries like the UK have a massive service-based economy. And if the trust goes, your country goes. <laughs> the idea that the UK would just go, nah, we're not paying you. Well, then we're tossed. Yeah. All you've got is your, your, yeah. your word when you're a service-based yeah, yeah. economy like the United States, the United Kingdom. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the people of the UK need to accept the fact that we're not a power anymore and we'll never will be. And we need to make our peace with it that we're a little shitty damp island and we haven't got much and just be happy with it. I constantly plug this on my channel. I try and promote a Spartan lifestyle, right? You've got to, it's everything's strength of mind. If, if you can convince yourself you love cleaning, street, uh, sweeping streets, yeah. and you get a job as a street sweep, you'll be an happy man. We, the British, really need to accept the fact that we're a fallen empire and we're not rich anymore. And we need to collectively tighten our belts. Like I said, we need to run the country in the same way you run a household. And live within our means and just yeah, yeah, yeah. be happy doing it. Hotter around the garden instead of buying a Porsche or a Lamborghini. <laughs> it's like you need to be happy with you with, the, with the, in the position you find yourself. The United yeah. States is a totally different kettle of fish because the United States is essentially a continent-sized country. Uh, I've talked about fracking a lot. Fracking's a big deal in the United Kingdom. It's not very suitable for it in the UK. I do think we should have a limited amount of it. I mean, if we can, if we do a big investigation into it, figure out somewhere where it's feasible. We should do it, get a bit more money. But generally, I'm not I'm, I'm not massive, yeah, frack the shit out of everything because the UK yeah. is a small country and it, it does yeah. affect your drinking water and there's negatives to it. But the United States, I've, it, it blows your mind when you move here. You don't realise how big it is till you get here. Yeah. This country's perfectly suited for oil, gas, fracking, the lot. The natural resources and mineral wealth in the United States compared to some to most places is off the charts. So the United States has that power and good for them. But the United Kingdom needs to get off its high horse and people just accept the fact that, you know, it's not that bad being from a small country. People are happy in Sweden and Denmark. The UK has had this weird obsession with acting like the Americans, like... We want to be invading people and we want to be twatting everybody and we want to Constantly talk about all the RF, yeah. Always get bigger and bigger and more powerful and greed and... Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I don't want it's, more it's anymore, I want four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The happiest people in the world are in little shitty places. So yeah, yeah. it's all about reinventing yourself. You need to change your way of thinking and be happy with what you've got. Me, the reason I've never been skinned is because I live a Spartan lifestyle. I've never been because yeah. I don't do anything. I don't like jewellery. I don't like cars. I drive a piece of shit. I could buy a brand new car tomorrow if I wanted, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. I drive a piece of shite because it gives me no pleasure to driving. I use it to get places I need to go. It's the same shit, mate. Like, you're sat in a fucking metal tin. You don't get okay. to see your Lamborghini when you're driving else the does. Lamborghini. Yeah, yeah. so fuck them. I was so, thinking, shit, what colour my car is. Yeah, but this is Still what I'm got, telling you. Fine. We need to really yeah, yeah. realign where we are in the world, Britain. Yeah, We're I not agree, an empire yeah. anymore. Uh, and, what I'm, and this is why I passionately believe in what I'm saying. We need to pay our debts off. Yeah. 
Yeah. We need to take measures to get those things under control. Immigration yeah. is linked to it. I'm not anti-mass immigration because I don't like foreigners. Again, what do you think? I'm a chimpanzee. That's yeah. not even an argument. I like foreigners if I meet one and he's nice. And I don't like ones if I meet one and he's a twat. It's irrelevant. It's like racism. I don't even yeah, think yeah, about yeah. these things. Or, or sexism or homophobia. It's like normal people in 2022 don't care about any of that stuff. They throw yeah. it like an insult at everyone. I've never met a genuinely racist person in England. I'm sure there are some, but they're probably like Klansmen in America. They're as rare as rock and horse shit. Yeah, yeah. Most people care about what you like in here, what you like in there. And they don't yeah. care what you look like or what you put your cock in. Yeah. I'm against mass immigration because it doesn't make sense economically. Until yeah. we have 98% employment for all the people in Britain, we don't need to be importing people to do menial work. We have got fucking millions of chavs on council estates who need jobs. Amen. And I get annoyed about it because this is what I'm saying. Ex-military blokes do menial jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first job yeah, yeah. when I left the military was driving a truck. We hired them. We bring them over from Poland. It's like, hang on. When these Guardian readers go, taking their jobs, scornfully. Yeah, well, they're not taking your job, mate, because you went to Oxford and you work yeah, as a yeah, yeah. journalist for the BBC, but they are taking mine. We, we've got millions of unemployed people in the UK who could be doing jobs that we're paying poor Eastern Europeans do because we can get away with giving them less. Yeah, yeah. Pay people a proper wage and English yeah. people will do them. And it's just a slur on the working classes when these wankers say, oh, who will make our coffee and bread? The English yeah, people yeah, won't yeah. do it. Yes, they will. The scaffolders. They're working yeah. carrying bricks on a hod up a ladder in the rain, and you don't think they want to work in a fucking car dealership? Come on. Yeah. It's, it's insulting. I think, essentially, this could be boiled down to everyone wants to be famous, everyone wants to be a celebrity, everyone wants to be successful, but no one wants to do any fucking work. No, everyone wants to be a fucking influencer. Yeah. Uh, see, and that, maybe that's one thing that made me reticent about doing YouTube, because I have no yeah, interest yeah. in being yeah. an influencer. But, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But that's a good example. The yeah, reason yeah. YouTube and the podcasting industry and all everything now is wall to wall shit, and you occasionally get a, a golden nugget, is because everybody wants to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a golden nugget like Ben Garber. <laughs> hey. But everybody wants to do it without necessarily having yeah. the talent for it. No, and, and Prince Charles said this once. He said, Oh, why do people get above the station? And everyone had a go at him and went, oh, he's going haughty, arrogant, royal. And if you listened to what he said and read it, you were like, oh, yeah, he's right. He was basically saying, why do you get absolute munters who think they can be models? Why do you get yeah. big, fat howlers who think they can be underwear models? Why do you get twats who can't sing thinking they can be professional singers? And why do you think people who can't act can be actors? We live in an age where everybody's being convinced because they've got that attitude. Everybody gets a medal. Everybody's fantastic. Everybody's special and unique. Everyone thinks yeah, yeah, they can yeah. just have the cream of the crop jobs. Everyone wants everyone to be an actor or a yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to be a plumber. Well, plumbers are 10 times more important than actors. Yeah. We need, everybody needs to take a shite. Yeah. So plumbers and bricklayers are the rock stars as far as I'm concerned. I'm not impressed by wankers that act. I'm impressed yeah, yeah. by wankers that carry bricks. <laughs> and, and I think that's why Silicon Valley is just full of dross. This. Anyone can buy a microphone. Yeah, but exactly. To be able to talk into one is a completely different skill. 
it is it's a talent, and nine out of ten people haven't got it, and that's why it's so hard to break into the, to break into these things now, isn't it? Because you you're deluged with shite. I'd go so far as to say, if you pick a thousand YouTube channels at random, nine hundred and ninety nine of them are dog shit. It's uh, yeah. it's tough. So um, it's just the way it is. Yeah. That's life, isn't it? I also don't have any technical knowledge at all, despite me being an IT person for 15 years, because I've just picked that microphone up and the whole fucking world around me just collapsed. But we're back. So it's all <laughs> yeah, good. It did go, did go a bit go. weird for a second there. <laughs> I saw your face. I was like, oh shit, something's happened. I'll go get my producer from downstairs. Um, right. So fan questions, and then we're going to do some quick fire questions, and then uh, we'll go do some then. shout outs, all that sort of stuff. If you had to perform a military coup, on any country on the planet, where and why, and that's from Mr. Producer himself downstairs, John Belfield. Britain, easy. <laughs> that's yeah. the country of my birth. Nice. The United States, I say, is my new one. But I think they're in a better position than we are. I think the United States, they've got a nice conservative opposition in the wings. They've got a genuinely adversarial group of people and they have the big debate and they've got minimal wealth and they've got more. The, the UK needs it. <laughs> because I think out of every country in Europe, the, the UK is the most sorely led. Because arrogantly, maybe, perhaps, I think Britain has a more sensible working class than places like France and Germany. I think British people yeah. are stoic and pragmatic and they all read the paper every day when they're sat at work. Mm. Um, so I think the, the UK is the most sorely led, whereby mm. for 20 years people have said, we want this, 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 and the government have said, no, 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 no. You can have the exact opposite, lads. Mm. So the, I think the UK would be the best served by one. And I think as yeah. long as you could guarantee, I mean, I'm just on the record, I don't support a military coup because I don't think that'd work either. But if yeah. I had to, and I could guarantee that I was going to be Colonel Gaddafi, then, um, then yeah, I'd do it in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it'd work because I don't trust who'd sort that out either. You'd get some yeah, yeah. in England, you'd get some because our officers are shocking as well. In England, you'd get some mentally ill, brain dead Rupert who talks like he's got three plums in his mouth. Oh, I don't know about it. He'd be fucking burning down the orphanages or something. So I don't think it'd work. But if I could pick any country, yeah. I'd pick my own because I want to help my own out more than anyone else's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> Love that. Thanks for that. Uh, shout out to John Belfield for editing the videos, as always. Um, Jim, one of my friends, Jim, has asked if you miss living in the UK within any capacity and do you still visit here on holiday? Yeah, all the time. Because, again, it's not like I came over here early. I came over here in my 30s. So I miss the UK in plenty of ways. Um, not one of those chippy... Chippy expat who goes, I can't believe you still live over there. You know, yeah, I've met loads yeah, of them yeah. in Australia for some reason. Loads of chippy expats in Australia. Uh, no, I love Britain. Uh, I go over probably roughly about once every 18 months, maybe once a year if it's something's happening. I went back yeah. last year. I was there for the Platy Jubes because my mate's sister was getting married on the Platy Jubes. Yeah. So I was there for that. It wasn't, it wasn't long. Um, and there's yeah. loads of things I miss. I think California, the, the weather's better, the food's unbelievable um and the people are friendly but i mean people are great in england as well england i miss um the banter's better people have got a better sense mm. of humor i think that sense of humor mm. comes from a, gr a grimmer existence right when it's pissing yeah. down with rain and you have to walk yeah, to school yeah, yeah. 
when you have to walk to school in the snow for fucking three months every year, it gives you a sort of grim humour that the yeah. Americans haven't got. I, I genuinely do yeah, think yeah. that from living out here for years, I think the Brits are funnier in general. They've got a better sense yeah. of humour. They're, they're a good crack. So I miss also, the humour. I miss the wit. I miss the beer. The beer in England's way better than the American beer. Um, and I miss Greg's because I'm Northern. Nice. Shout out, Greg's. I've applied to my emails about sponsorship. Um, yeah, I think we're more self-deprecating in the UK. Definitely. Yeah. We know how to take the piss out of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Right. The, the fan questions. One more question from me. Then we'll do some minor inconveniences and just like this or that questions. And then I'll leave you to it, Matt. Would you ever diversify your content on YouTube so that it's not so politically charged? You've mentioned mm. quite a few hobbies in this interview alone that you would potentially, you know, be able to monetize and vlog and document. I, I suppose I would if I had the time, uh, but yeah. obviously I work because I'm, I've got a real problem with people that are um, arts people, basically, you know, because I'm sort of like an ex-commando and a sort of grim northerner who did manual labour. I don't really yeah. like them. Like, people have said to me in pubs and out here, because I'm always the same sort of chatty, humorous type, people have said to me, oh, you should do comedy, you should do... Yeah. I mean, and I've done stand-up. I've done it um, in LA. There's a famous place called The Ice House. I've been hmm. in there a few times and got up um, when they've had the old night nights. Um if I do say so myself, I think I'm better at it than nine out of ten I've seen get up. Um, but I hate art people. <laughs> like yeah, I don't I like that. actors and singers and comedians and musicians. Um, so I've always had it. Yeah, and, and and now I've got some sort of residual income from YouTube, and I've uh, and I'm not broke because I've, I've worked for twenty odd years, you know, and I've yeah, always yeah, yeah. been a Spartan lifestyle. I, I invest my money. I don't blow it on shit. So yeah, yeah. I could probably spend a lot more time on YouTube and a lot less time working. But um, I just have an issue with it. It must be some sort of northern, chippy northern working class thing where I don't want to be a full-time content creator. I get that. But if I did, rather than going to work and doing this in a hobby, then, yeah, I could see I'd do it. Um, I have got a lot of hobbies. I read a lot. I uh, I love Warhammer 40K, yeah, Warhammer yeah, yeah. Fantasy. I could do that. Easy. Um, yeah. What else? Yeah, I like PCs. I do play a bit of games. Not like loads, but quite mm. a bit. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of shit I'd like to do. I would like to do Warhammer, actually. Because I've seen, I watch a few Warhammer lore channels, uh, and I always think, I could do that better than this guy. Mm, mm. I just haven't got the time to do it. Um, do, so, yeah. do some voiceovers for Game Workshop. I reckon you'd smash that. Yeah, well, when I was working for them, I, I did yeah. a few videos for them, for their uh, quality department. and love them, I love them. So, yeah, I could do it. But like I said, I have to get over that mental hangover whereby I, I have a sort of loathing for, um, you know, arts people. I, I basically feel like if you're not carrying logs around, you're not really working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Right, first quickfire question, and this is probably going to be the highlight of the interview for me because I remember in the BVM Presents podcast, talking to Dave, you mentioned that you were once in a plane. It might have been a Hercules plane oh yeah. yeah dropped out of the sky for like 10 <laughs> seconds whilst the engine restarted is that is that right if i got that right yeah i don't think the engines restarted exactly it was severe turbulence and it went yeah. from like whatever it was at fifteen thousand feet like five in about eight seconds or something and everybody on there started Fuck freaking out that yeah yeah that was, i would be mad. freaking out big time so just on that 
what is your minor inconvenience? Obviously, we've had your major inconvenience of nearly dying. What is something day to day that you think, why the fuck does this still exist in 2020? Like um, when you buy a pack of bacon in the UK, you've got this little thing that says peel here and it doesn't fucking work, for example. All ah, right, okay. Well, I will point out that I probably was closer to death several times during the actual Afghan tour than flying back from Afghanistan. Yeah, um, yeah. They got killed on the toilet once. That was a that was a major inconvenience. Anyway, that's another, um, that's um, another episode. That's, a, we'll that's another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a minor one. There's loads yeah. of things that annoy me. I hate chewing gum. I think we should follow Singapore and make it illegal. Okay. It just really pisses me off. I hate seeing it stuck. Americans yeah. like gum, and I hate seeing it stuck places. I hate people that litter. Uh, I'm very clean and tidy, and it annoys me. So chewing gum is a minor inconvenience. I don't like. I think we should. I think we should ban the use of it. I'm aware that's a little bit authoritarian as well. However, maybe just make it more strict if you don't put it somewhere sensible when yeah, you're done with it. Yeah, just dispose of it, guys. Like. I saw someone the other day on a push bike. I was driving to work, and he just launched this can of energy drink into a bush. And I thought, yeah, I shocking. fucking, I try my absolute best to recycle everything in my life, and then you've got twats like that running in front of cars, not giving a shit. It, I don't think he even had a helmet on, just launching cans into bushes. That I was is like, shocking. Well, you've just yeah. undone all of my good work. There's another thing that the left and the right, the conservatives and the liberals can agree on, right? Because I'm conservative in that. Yeah. And, and I think that stuff like that's just shocking because you live in a society and you should care about the people around you and behave responsibly. And the lefties should surely think everything needs recycling. So that's yeah. something we can agree on. There we go. I love that. I right, hate literally. So, this and that questions. Is a Kinder Egg a toy? Or is it a deliciously chocolate treat with a toy inside of it as an added bonus? Yeah, I like the chocolate more than the toy. Even when I was a little kid, I loved the chocolate and so I was not too arsed on the toy. Yeah. Baby Bell or Cheese String? Baby Bell's way better than Cheese String. Camping in a tent or a static caravan for one week? 100% static caravan. Yeah, because ever since I was a military man and spent a lot of time living under a poncho or in a hole yeah, in the yeah. floor, I now despise the very thought of camping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I tell my missus, like, I, I'm, I'm an ex-bootnik. I am not going on holiday unless we're staying in a nice hotel with air conditioning. I'm drinking chilled pina coladas. I don't do walking, hiking and camping holidays now. It's like, nah. Like... I had enough of that when I was getting paid for it. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Living in a city or living in the countryside? Mm, that is an odd one. And I know this is a quick fire round. I guess if I have to, Sorry. I'd say the countryside. Um, but I, I like pubs and I like gyms. So I'd like to live mm. in a very small town in the countryside that had at least two pubs and a small gym somewhere. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a few good ones on the North Yorkshire. There was little places like Castleton when you drive from Middlesbrough to Whitby. A few great yeah, little yeah. places out there. And I would definitely rather live there than in a big, horrible mm. city like London or Manchester. Yeah. I so yeah, that. I'll go with a small town, but... Not too small. You have to come to Dorset at some point when you come to the UK and I'll, uh, I'll get you a drink for me up. I will do. Sorted. There you go. It's the verbal agreement. Podcast promise, they're called. And I yeah. always fucking deliver on my promises because I fucking hate these people that get people on podcasts and they say, like, I'll give you 50 quid when I see you. And you don't. You, you, you're you bullshitting your audience. And I'm sick of it. Anyway, 
Um, right, what have we got next? Chocolate or sweets? Of course, light-hearted. Uh, that's an hard one because sweet is a very big category. I could only pick one, I guess, chocolate. I do like a, I do love ch- uh, Cadbury's. I like dairy milk and I like the ones with almond. Uh, whereas I'm, I love Mauam, but I think I probably eat mm. chocolate more than Mauam, so I'll go with chocolate. I love Mauam, but it's a fucking nightmare to get out the wrapper. Yeah, Mauam are hoofing though, aren't they? Oh, they're good. Bath or shower? <sighs> Again, I absolutely love a bath. I love getting in a red hot bath. My wife thinks I'm weird because she's like put her hand in the water like half an hour later and it's like, how doesn't that boil your testicles in the bag? Like that is the hottest. I've got this thick skin, I think. Like I like the bath red hot as well. Um, So I do like a bath. But I probably, I shower tons because I'm an ex-bootneck and we're very clean. Probably shower twice, three times a day normally because I'm at the gym a lot as well. So I have to pick the shower just for convenience sakes. That's fair enough. Mornings or evenings, which one are you more productive in and which one do you like to relax more in? I'm a morning person. Even on my days off, I get up well early, me. I'm always, I'm old now, though. Once you get once you get old and you're in your 40s, you go to bed early. I go to bed about half nine and I get up at about six o'clock, even when I'm on a day off. Yeah. Um, I always have a, I have a good morning routine. I do a couple of hours productive stuff, anything I need to do for work. Uh, first thing, and then I usually go to the gym about nine. I like hat routine because I'm a military guy. I go to the gym the same time nearly every day, come back, have a shower, do stuff. And um, yeah, I'm productive in the morning. Evening yeah. is typically when I snuggle up with my missus after she's finished work and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, hang out with her for a bit. But I'm definitely, that. I'm a morning person. I'm chirpy when I wake up as well. Yeah. yeah. Right, we've got eight minutes left. So let's absolutely smash this. Mint chocolate chip or chocolate orange? Uh, chocolate orange. Favorite animal and favorite animal noise. Favorite you animal. Have to do the noise if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, that's easy actually. My favorite animals are bear because okay. they're all over in California, and I do yeah. love them. My wife knows I like them, so she like sends me bears and stuff. In fact, I've got cards up there with bears on. Nice. Whenever she gets me a card, now it's got a bear on. So yeah, I like bears. Love Maybe because I know the history of them, and we haven't got them in England anymore. I think that's a sad thing. So yeah, yeah, I like bears. And my favourite noise, I'd pick the dolphin one because I use that. when On the rare occasions I need to um, censor swearing, I use the dolphin noise. Because oh, right. you know, they used it on Spongebob yeah, once yeah. years ago. I've seen an yeah, episode yeah, of Spongebob yeah. about 15 years ago and they used that. So that's yeah, my favourite yeah, animal noise. That's helped you out in the past. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like the awesome. dolphin sound. Um, meal deal of choice. So you're at a service station, Asda, Tesco, Sainsbury's, fill in easy. the gaps. What's your easy. go-to? It's easy, right? Because every time I go home, now I get them because of the stuff you can't buy in America. So I love yeah. cheese savoury. Don't do them in America. And I love prawn cocktail crisps. Don't sell them out here. You go into Subway out here, and I was the first time I was like, you got prawn cocktail crisps? And the woman looked at me like I just got my cock out in the middle of the restaurant. It's like, <laughs> it's just alien to them. So definitely cheese savoury, prawn cocktail crisps, and then whatever candy bar I fancy, because I only drink water typically. I never get a drink. I always get like, oh, Kit Kat Chunky, they don't sell them over here as well. So there you are, easy. That's harsh. I don't I don't like hearing that. Kit Kat Chunky's a mint. The mint and the quality. Kit Kat's out here taste weird. American chocolate yeah. tastes like fucking, tastes like, Hershey bar tastes like if you if you dropped a Bourneville in the shower and kicked it around the soap for a little bit. It's like this yeah. strange soapy aftertaste. 
powdery so, yeah. because the heat melts them otherwise, doesn't it? Apparently, that's the secret, yeah. yeah. There we go. Right, so thank you very much for your time. This has been fucking awesome. Any shout-outs you want to give, any plans for the future that you want to disclose, what does the rest of the uh, year, I suppose, it's November, what does the next sort of six months look like for you, Matt? Um, it's more of the same for me. I'll keep working. I'll keep doing this as a hobby. I have no illusions about the fact that the cards are stacked against us. As I talked about with, with our blue van man, like yeah. ultimately the people that run Silicon Valley are a bunch of rattlesnakes and they don't want people like us that aren't rich, connected, middle-class wankers to do well. So I have no illusions about that and I don't expect to make any money from it. I'll be retiring and being a full-time uh, content creator. I'll carry yeah. on working. I'll carry on doing this for a hobby. And I don't care because I'm happy to do it. I like yeah. feelings if I actually work for a living and I enjoy entertaining mm. people for fun. Um, I'll just keep doing this. Well, you're very entertaining. You're very clear. You're very to the point. And I uh, appreciate your time. And um, yeah, that's that's all I've got. So I'm going to go for a beer with my mate. We might jump in the hot tub if the weather allows it. It's pretty shit out there at the moment, though. So we'll, we'll that see. Sounds like a, that sounds like a perfect evening. Yeah. Um, go check out the hot tub video as well. It's on the main page on my channel. And it's basically me pretending that I'm rich and it is absolutely drenched in satire. And it's uh, basically every time someone buys something from one of my sponsors who gladly support ABP, I buy a hot tub. Which, you know. You could be rich, Ben, though. You're very well spoken. Yeah, I get that a lot. I don't. Mm. That's the way I talk. I can't help it. Yeah, I'll get a bit gruffer for the next couple of interviews, all right? If you had a shave and put a tweed suit on, I think you'd be a right proper country gentleman. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for having me. It was fun. There is. Uh, yeah, we'll do it again another time. I'm, I'm always Absolutely. available. So give me a shout. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Cheers, mate. See you around. Absolute Anti Spirit, based in Bournemouth, UK. Dorset Botanical Seaweed Vodka. So I met these at Bournemouth Air Show two years ago and I wanted to get them on the podcast which I've done in the previous episode and I wanted to speak to them and promote their products because I think they're onto a winner. So this is vacuum distilled for fresher flavours. Lots and lots of different seaweeds go into this amazing vodka. Doesn't taste like the usual stuff that you get from the supermarkets. It's got a bit of a sort of story to it and a bit more of a twist. It's had some awards and I'm hooking you guys up. If you go to www.shantyspirit.com and you type in the code Bedlam discount for either 20CL or 70CL bottles, then you'll get 10% off your purchase. Shanty Spirit, drink to enjoy, drink responsibly. Absolute Bedlam. Just a quick reminder that you're listening to Absolute Bedlam Podcast. If you could rate this five stars on any audio platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all sorts of other platforms like that, then that would be massively appreciated. Right, back to the episode. Cheers.